And welcome back to Off Record On Point podcast. We are back for another episode, and this time we're deep diving into workplace culture with the leading minds in the industry. And this is, as always, to uncover the secrets to both success and happiness. And today I'm delighted that we're joined by two very special guests, Kate Merritt and Laura Braithwaite of recruitment tech company Liberty Hive. And today is all about uncovering the secret to remote working harmony, which is great. It's a topic very close to my heart. I'm Julia Linehan, founder and CEO of The Digital Voice. And I'm Casey Long. If you'd like to further explore something in today's episode, check out the description for a list of useful resources to continue your journey. And as I said, we are joined by the wonderful Kate and Laura of Liberty Hive. Welcome. I've got to say, it's such a lovely idea, but it's even more a beautiful name. Where did it come from? Well, so I think it's just worth saying we set up Liberty Hive to keep talent in the media and marketing and MarTech industry, all of which we're obviously a big um, in favour of. But the story itself is quite personal to us. So uh, between Laura and I, we had three kids each. We loved working, but we had absolutely no balance at one point. So Liberty Hive was really came from a place of wanting to give other people that may otherwise leave the industry, like we were on the brink of, I suppose, the opportunity and the freedom to work in a more flexible way. And we set about creating a technology platform which connects people a bit like ourselves who wanted that to great companies. The way we describe it is a bit like a dating site. So you go in and say what you're looking for and you get matched. Love that. Perfect. Swipe right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, you know, it's evolved and we do all sorts of contract and permanent work now. But I suppose going back to your question, therefore, why Liberty Hive and why the name, it's quite interesting because it came to us really quickly. It took a day for us, one session. We went straight in, we did our values, brand values, you know, vision, purpose, and then name came out of it. And I suppose the fact that it came to us so quickly was because we really in our DNA and what we were trying to achieve. And as it suggests, liberty is that whole expression around freedom and working differently. And Hive reflects our community, our community of talent, of which we've got over a sort of a thousand people. So in simple terms, we like to think of it as them sort of coming to Liberty Hive and then flying off and doing their amazing work and then coming back to the Hive at the end. I love that. It's like freedom and flight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, It's a wonderful synergy. Love it. buzz of activity and having everyone be in their own little hives at home. I see what you did there, Casey, with your buzz. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, since today is all about remote working, we wanted to go straight in. Um, so let's hit it first with how would both of you define remote versus flexible working? At Liberty Hive, we like to keep it really simple. So remote is literally defined as exclusively working from home. And actually, we've got candidates that live all over all over the place. I think the best location is the French Caribbean. Oh, my gosh. Every time I speak to her, I'm thinking, oh, God, she's got it so right. <laughs> but then you've got flexible working, and it's almost easier for us to define that as something that it's not so it's everything but the nine till five thirty in the office monday to friday Mm. for example uh flexible working to someone could be leaving at 3 30 but starting at eight to someone else flexible working could be working from home on a wednesday and we really see flexibility as an individual thing rather than a definition that suits everyone um, and when we speak to candidates, that's what we try and get into their DNA to find out what flexible means to them so that we can then accommodate it. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we we know why remote is great. You know, I could talk about it all, all day long as to to why it's great for us. I'm curious as to know what 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 is your why? You know, why is remote and flexible working so great? And then I also want to know why there's so much controversy and backlash against it. Well, I think in terms of why it's so great, you've got so many reports out there. You know, when you think back to 2019, I think it was only 4.7% of the UK population worked remotely. And obviously, you know, that was forced upon us a year later and that figure went to 43.5%. But what you've seen is that people are happier with a better work-life balance. And Kate talked about it right at the very beginning. I mean, we don't really get balance and we still have to remind ourselves about balance even when we're working remotely and and sometimes sort of meeting up in the office so I think you know the working world has changed and it's here to stay Uh, but I think the controversy comes from you know we talk about a backlash and I think it's because the flexible model there's no one size fits all we're still learning we're still experimenting we're not getting it all right necessarily but it is here to stay and people have to sort of get behind it and and if you don't you look at employees what they want is that flexibility so I think it's the McKinsey report you know they're saying flexibility is as important as pay which is unheard of you know that's a real step change 26% 26% cited uh, lack of flexibility as a reason for, for leaving their role. So, you know, people want that flexibility, but I think the issue comes from this kind of hybrid model because there is no one size fits all. And that's what causes expectation and reality is doesn't always sort of gel. Um, and some people do it better than others. Why is it that some companies seem to really fight against it and what is it that you hear most from companies as to why it isn't for them when we set up we set up very much for forward-thinking companies so none of our clients have got an issue with the flexible working but what we are seeing outside of our industry and maybe not necessarily our clients people talk about lack of social interaction isolation how do you line manage people Mm. but i suppose one of the biggest questions that a lot of companies come back to is can you truly create the right kind of culture with remote and flexible working? And so people are trying lots of different initiatives. I've heard of, uh, you know, there's welcome lunches where everybody gets a voucher, £20 voucher to welcome people onto the team. Drawosaurus on a Thursday afternoon, you know. (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) I love that one, Casey. Note that down. I know, mental note. That could be a fun idea. Drawosaurus. (laughs) Another company that I think is a brilliant idea is where you're not necessarily seeing people outside of your team. That's a really big issue. So they have what they call mission days. So you get put in a team and you're working on a project that's outside of your day job. And then you have mission days where you just all get together remotely or whatever, but it's outside of your team and you're set a very specific task. So there are lots of things you can do to create great culture. So I would say to the people that say it really isn't possible that, you know, you've got to try stuff and be brave. I feel very blessed that for 10 years, the Digital Voice has been a remote company. But what happened is it became acceptable during lockdown. Prior to that, it was quite rare to have that model. 
and now it's become more the norm and more acceptable that we've we love finding new ways to make it work. I mean, we've got a virtual experience platform with the digital voice office that you go into Remo. And you're talking about Drawosaurus because we've got you can use whiteboards, shared whiteboards live in there. You can bring people on and off stage. It's a bit cool 3D backgrounds. We love a huddle cuddle in Slack. We always have the, you know, we use the tools that are there, but it is that it's it's also the people like we try and encourage everybody to take their lunch break and get outside or we do go green what do we do Casey the three g's go green go gratitude green goals and gratitude so our three g's at the start of the week yeah, yeah. and then something in there has to go green so it's encouraging people to get out there and our slack channels we have tdv the digital voice life and uh, a fitness one and a book club and all these different things so many yeah. as well as making sure we're seeing each other in person even though we're all over the world so I totally agree it, there are so many things and it's really exciting to see what more you can do but what I would call out and I'm gonna big companies out there a big slap on the wrist to them because it seems that they're actually the least progressive and they're the ones very nervous uh, they're pushing back against the flexibility the most which is a strange thing for to, to me, it's a strange thing to do, unless it is just about the real estate, unless it is about that we've got this office space, you need to get bums and seats. Why do you think it is the big companies that are fighting this? I don't always agree. I mean, I think what, what it is with bigger companies, it's actually a bigger challenge. I'm not sure that the there's a lack of ambition or a lack of intent necessarily to get there. I just don't think they may be coming about it in such a creative way that we've just talked about and that might be just because it's harder and we mm. know actually that 50% of UK's biggest companies have no intention of going back to the office full time some people are actually like Dell we were looking at Dell the other day they spent almost a decade in sort of building up a really flexible working culture uh, so there are some big companies that have been doing it well and actually in the Dell's example They've worked out that, you know, using technology like Slack, Microsoft Teams has enabled them to cut down on office space. So they've saved themselves 12, you know, $12 million a year, which is quite Huge, a big draw. Yeah. So I think there's, the, you know, they're a bit like tankers, aren't they? They want to do it, but they, there's some resistance in terms of being able to do it quickly. That said, well, there are some not so positive examples from our industry, as we all know recently, which, you know, Laurie, probably we were discussing well. <laughs> Oh boy. The one that really riles me um, and that I've been really surprised at, and I just don't get it, is that, I mean, you know, it was a terrible time, pandemic, COVID, we're all working remotely and then you have all the, the tech giants came out and said, we're never going back to the office again, you can yeah. work wherever you're the most creative, wherever you're the most productive, they were like really forward thinking in some of the things, initiatives. Yeah, <laughs> and they're the first to have done this U-turn. So I'm I just reading that you, if you want to work remotely at Twitter, you have to get Elon Musk's personal permission. Oh, oh my gosh, and that's just ridiculous. At least you know you had to get him. You just tweet him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and then what? What is it now? He's introduced washing machines at work, so you can stay at work longer. To be fair, they used to do that, didn't they? Google make it so amazing there. You never wanted to go home. That's more uh, like home from work, though. That sounds a bit backwards. I think they've got it the wrong way around there. 
I did read as well, if your base is your postcode, isn't it, as well? It's like uh, if you live too far away, then you that shows you you have no intent to ever come in the office and it's those people that would be on the hit list. Oh, that's brutal. And yet you've gone and bought a place and settled your children in or your family in or whatever your circumstances are because you were told we will never go back. Yeah, I completely agree. Bad. That's what I probably was meaning by yeah. Devastating. Those companies that deserve a slap. I think it's particularly the U-turn. Yeah. So making those promises and then going back on it. You know, to Kate's point, that some of the bigger companies do find it hard. They've got challenges and there is an intent and they don't necessarily always get it right. But to actually U-turn is is quite, well. Yeah. When you've built your life around, you know, your role and what your day-to-day is going to be. And this is a perfect segue because what we've, a lot of what we've talked about so far is from a business perspective, but we are curious to, you know, dive into more the people that are living by those rules and that are abiding by um, the things that companies are putting in place. So do you find that people are very relieved? They have that hallelujah chorus moment um, when they find you? Is it taking a lot of pressure <laughs> off them when they find Liberty Hive? Well, we hope so. Um, I think so. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, certainly we we talk to every single candidate that comes onto our platform and we get to know them. So, you know, we are a tech platform, but we, we, we talk to people and there's nothing like Liberty Hive for people in media. And the way that our technology is set up is, you know, you put into your profile how you want to work. So and that's part of the matching process. So when people post a role, they said, actually, it, it is a blend of office and home or it's 100 percent remote. Um, those kind of elements are, are part of the matching process. So it, it's it's in our DNA flexibility from, from right through. So I've got to ask then because I'm really nosy. What's the number one request for flexibility? Is it time of day, time of day, week, holidays, pay? What's the number one? Four day week. Four day week. So few people now that want to do the five day week. And again, that's just about balance. I think most, you know, most reasons. There's a few people as well, side hustles. So, you know, they want to do something different on their fifth day. So it's not just, you know, about family or anything like that. And what's interesting at the moment, like you've probably seen, there's a big UK four-day week trial that's going yes. on with sort of 70 companies. I think it's sort of three and a half thousand workers. And, you know, the, the initial results were all pretty positive, you know, working well. And I think yeah. 86% of them are going to keep on with that arrangement. Well, I can, I'm testimony to it. The Digital Voice is four and a half day working week. Fridays, we shut the office at one o'clock. We have really strict rules well on a Friday. We have no client call debt, no client calls. And it has to be about all the team. It's internal training. It's in, it's strategy work. It's train research work. It's planning, prepping. And at one o'clock, everybody goes go and have that that afternoon. And I would say every it's so it's so empowering actually, and the results have been incredible. So I'm yeah, but I know firsthand. Four and a half day week spot on for us. And we say four and a half, but that last half day, because we aren't interacting necessarily all the time with clients, we do get to come together as a team. Teams that don't cross over often do get to catch up or just say hello. And, you know, what's going on in the background that you've got of your Zoom call? Like what's happening in your life a little bit like you would in the office. So, yeah, we are very spoiled with that. And it's nice. On that note, Julia, I think it was after I saw you. Um... The, the digital leading ladies event that you were telling me about your four and a half day week and actually since then at Liberty Hive we've done a very similar thing really so we've oh. on Friday afternoons and 
it does make a really big difference just knowing that you've got that um so yeah like, inspired by you ladies thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm so pleased and i'll tell you what as well for you laura and for you kate as as founders as you are it's just as important for you as same as it was for me to also give myself that gift myself that break because i will work as long as the team is there and i was struggling to find that balance in my own life if i'm being honest and actually it forces me to at one o'clock go actually that's enough that's enough um, as often as I can and I'm, I'm luckily I started playing golf badly a year ago but again it's actually then something to do it makes you force you get off your phone off your email and have that time so I would say a call out to all founders to think about their own for themselves uh, because the emails stop pinging you know and you're not you haven't got that guilt either so I'm so pleased that you've done that as well. Um, I've got, I'm curious as well, because one of the other things that I, I think I've got right, I shouldn't big myself up, but I don't, we don't pay for a swanky Soho office. So we're able to really look at passing on those cost savings to the team. And I think I, 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 I hope that, that the Digital Voice, the team are certainly paid above market rate. And I'm curious if you're also seeing that, that there is a good, a salary discrepancy in a positive way for remote work roles versus those offered in the office is there i'm not i don't think so are they getting paid less we pass on our cost saving to our clients in the same way so that's you know liberty life is really affordable um i don't know kate do you think people pass on that cost saving brilliant if more companies thought like that but i don't know that that mindset is necessarily there yet sadly I, I think if you ask us the same question in a year, because basically we're getting all the data, aggregating that data, so we can start to see what average salaries are across different um, job types and, and different flexibility, you know, remote working. So over time, we will actually be able to track the average costs. And so ask us that question again in a year. We'll come back in 12 months and do the same. <laughs> You've heard it here, everyone. February 2024. Come back and we'll break down all the data together. Can't wait. <laughs> While we're talking about salaries as well, we couldn't help but notice you guys recently launched a campaign advocating for salary transparency. We're curious. Tell us a little bit more about it, why it's important. And what effect do you foresee it having on salaries in the industry? Yeah, it's been a big campaign. We launched it this year. Um, and I suppose it comes from, I mean, there's loads of reasons. Uh, but I suppose recruitment can be one of the most powerful drivers of inclusion. But quite often, it can be one of the greatest blockers. So if you're getting it wrong at the start of the chain, so when you're actually posting that role, then, you know, it's really hard to get that, that quality across your workforce. So... But as a tech platform and collecting data, as we were just discussing, we saw how one small change therefore can make quite a big difference. And it's around the salary. So, you know, it shouldn't be a guessing game. <laughs> if you post a salary and you have that pay transparency, so being honest about what the salary is upfront, not asking what the salary history question is, you're more likely to get equality in the workforce. Because ultimately, women, and you know, they still are, and underrepresented communities are far less confident about talking about pay. And as a result, they're more likely to accept the salary that they're being offered rather than negotiate, which keeps them on that lower base. So there's that big element. But also, from a practical point of view, we can see through the data we're collecting, it saves massive amount of time and resource. 
You're so much speedier. When, you, when you're when you honest about a salary, the response time on our platform is 50% quicker. Wow. And you're not wasting time getting applicants that aren't quite right. So there's that element. Also, job applicants, uh, applications where they've shown salary are 67% more likely to be successful. So you've got a success element and a speed element, which is kind of a bit of a no-brainer. So when we started to realise this, we looked sort of further afield, who else was doing it, and there's loads of studies in the US where 21 states are doing it there. Um, Germany, Iceland, Denmark are all uh, actually made legislation to make sure that salary transparency is is um, legal and has to be done. And where they've done it, in the states, I think it's like 8% um, increase in women's pay, 13% for black employees. Denmark, they've closed the gender pay gap by 13%. Wow. Um, and actually, the UK started running a pilot last year. So there's huge reasons for why salary transparency is a good thing. It benefits everyone. Yeah. And in our industry, actually, the IPA last year said that, sadly, over the last two years, the gender pay gap has decreased, or rather increased, increased. So um, over the last couple of years. So our industry could, you know, we need to start having these conversations about pay. And I think it's been a really big taboo subject. So we're basically saying, let's open that debate. Let's start discussing it because it can only be a good thing long term. I tell you what, Kate, and I applaud that massively. And, I, and we're coming up to International Women's Day again, right? And last year was an absolute shocker in a way. It, that, that campaign that was run on Twitter that was calling out those companies that are first to go, look at us on International Women's Day, well done, everyone. And then they called out their gender pay gap. And I just, I personally, I don't understand it. In all my working career, I've never, I've never, I've never paid or been paid any differently. I've been paid based on the outputs and I pay based on the outputs. And at no point does gender, I just don't understand why it even comes into it. And I don't know whether I'm so naive and, in the attitude of it just isn't common sense to me and I, I get so frustrated by this and I will be interested to see this international women's day I don't know if they'll do that campaign again but we'll oh, beware any company out there who's banging the drum going look at us aren't we so inclusive and then they get called out you, you've been warned don't do it just, yeah just sort your shit out <laughs> things like salary transparency that you guys are advocating for must massively help that. So applaud your efforts on putting that campaign together. I'd say to anyone listening, get in touch with the lovely team here and we've got a, we've got a, a salary transparency guide that can really help. So really happy and wanting to open this whole debate. I'm so pleased that we've, we wanted you to come on here because I think it's that. It's always saying to companies, look, there is a company there that can support you and help you and, and, and allow you to work through this. I, I've got a question, though, because you you're two co-founders and you're ambassadors of this flexible working. Um, do you follow the rules? Do you know, how does it work for you? Does it? Do you follow by your own rules of actually saying, I also, you, you really do live and breathe flexibility, fairness, transparency, all of those things? I think you've got to have trust, haven't you? When it comes to flexible working, remote working, and we 100% trust each other. If you say you're going to do something, it doesn't matter what hours you do them in, whether you do them at midnight or eight in the morning or, you know, whenever suits you. But we know when we say we're going to do something, we'll get it done. We'll call each other out on stuff if we're not, you know, being flexible enough. Um, and I think I think we get it. We, we, we do pretty well. 
but we are a small team so you know it's probably easier for us as well um but we we definitely when we haven't seen each other for a while it's like right we've got to get into town meet up and just like chat through stuff that isn't necessarily day-to-day the sort of more strategic stuff um but yeah i think i think we live by our own rules don't we kate yeah, 100%. And I think that, again, that comes back to where we started is in our sort of DNA and our purpose of setting up Livers Hive that we wanted to do this. And it, you know, this was yeah. really important to us. And I think when that comes from there, you're constantly trying to make sure that therefore you're, you're doing it because it is so important to get that back. You're living and breathing those values. I agree. It's nice that you guys get to meet up. Obviously, being two founders of the company, you want to try to have, you know, 50-50 input, I'm sure, on most decisions. Um, is it is it always harmony? Is it always love and rainbows? Or is it ever a little bit chaotic? <laughs> do you drive each other up the wall sometimes? Like, <laughs> uh, Do you know what? I think one thing, again, we talked on founders and co-founders. And uh, have the, having a co-founder, a lot of investors say they quite like that, like the co-founder balance. And Interesting. certainly from our perspective, it does work quite well. Uh, we work as well as a duo. We understand the pressure points. We can, I know what Laura's good at, that I'd be terrible at and vice versa. So we can divide it up. Um, but we have, there's a few things we, and you get to know each other so well. I, mean, I probably spend more time with Laura than I do my husband and my family. <laughs> so, you know, there's going to be moments, but um you know quite quickly it's time for a, a proper real life meeting because then it just all goes. As Kate says, we've got to know each other so well. We know the science. We know when to walk away. We know when to call each other out on stuff. So um, yeah, no, it's. Um, I wouldn't say it's all you know calm. And they, there's some days where we're running around like headless chickens, but we we know how to work well together. Nice. Final question for you guys before we head into the infamous quickfire round, da, Julia. Da, da. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> what do most people say that they miss about being in an office? Do you ever get feedback like that? And how can any tips that you might have of how we can build around that to make sure that companies that want to go remote can go ahead and build that culture out? I think it's always got to be human interaction. And I think, you know, we've come to, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, it, 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 it doesn't happen. I think it's since COVID, since lockdown, we sort of value human interaction more than ever before. So I think that's the thing that people say they miss, but then you don't have to miss it, do you? You know, it's just making that time. But we were having that chat before this started, you know, just five minutes, we all kind of got to know each other that little bit more talking about stuff that's nothing to do with work. So um, I think it's just really important to make that time um, when you're working remotely or flexibly. I love that. I love that. Well, we're going to dive into it a little bit more in my quick fire round, because Ooh. this is the round in which I ask you questions. I'll come to one and then the other of you, but they're really important because it's such a topic close to my heart. I'm almost wanting to give people to walk away from this with a run book of embracing remote and and hopefully this quick fire round will get you to really say why it works and how yes. it can work so here <laughs> we go okay Kate starting with you what are the must-haves for a company going remote so uh, must-have is going to be technology that keeps you connected so whether that's Teams, Zooms, Google Suite whatever it might be you've got to have that to start with perfect Laura, what day of the week do people who work flexibly most often want to drop? Friday. 
Oh, no surprise, yeah. no surprise. I'm surprised it's not Wednesday actually, because just give you sometimes a break. Yeah, your Wednesday's a close second. Oh, is it second? Okay, so Friday first and Wednesday. Good to know. Kate, name three things that flexible working has changed in your life. So breakfast and supper with my family. Never used to be able to do that. More exercise and definitely more dog walks. Lovely. I agree. I agree. All very much well-being. <laughs> well-being, which is so important anyway to that, to mental health and productivities of teams. Uh, Laura, what's the perfect remote team building experience? Well, we've seen a few. There was one we went to that uh, they sent us a breakfast hamper and then you all get on online and just, you know, talk about some of the things that you're facing, um, you know, as a business, some challenges and you're you're eating your croissants at the same time. That was that was good fun. Oh. Another one I um, heard of someone it's called Donuts and you pair up with someone outside of your team and have these kind of mentoring sessions, um, which I, I think sounds Sounds good. Love that. I'm going to come to Casey. What's our best a remote team building experience? Quick fire off the top of your head. Friday power hours. It has to be. Oh, see, I was going to say the murder mystery thing where we did. Um, oh, like actual activity. Yeah. 100% murder mystery. It was Drownton Abbey. Oh, Drownton Abbey. Brilliant. And there was actors who performed. We got really very seriously into the role of, of the of inspectors and detectives. It was quite. Yeah. <laughs> second was Christmas and having to play all of Santa's reindeer games and go into the North Pole together. Yeah, that was good. We did enjoy it. <laughs> We've got a lot to learn from these guys already. Yeah. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get more creative. I have to caveat this by saying Casey's secondary role, she has many roles, but one of them is head of idiocy. Oh, and it's is oh. to come up with idiotic things. You're brilliant at it, Casey, aren't you? It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Everyone needs a Casey. I wear that hat well. <laughs> Everyone needs a Casey. And next question, I think I'm coming to you, Kate. What are the three software tools that remote working companies absolutely need? Very slightly by size, but either a Zoom, a Teams, or a Google Meet, um, a Google Suite, or a Microsoft uh, Teams thing again, so you can share documents. And then we really use ClickUp. I don't know if anyone ClickUp. What's ClickUp? So ClickUp's a bit like a Trello, it's a project board which Ooh. you can use, and that's we find that super useful. So I think ours are Slack and Trello. Yeah, we love Trello and Remo. There's so many out there now, aren't there? But it's, I mean, yeah. 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 Wonderful. Laura, name three, name job, three companies that have really embraced remote working, apart from the digital voice, John, name job. <laughs> uh, so one is actually in the competitive space, actually, to Liberty Hive. They're called Otter. I don't know if anyone's heard of them. Otter.ai. Is yeah, that one on? They're doing a big advertising campaign at the moment. Um, and they do, they, so they allow their teams to go and live abroad. Um, they encourage them, Berlin, Florence, go and live abroad for wow. two or three months and work completely remotely. They just introduced the nine-day fortnight, which I think is really interesting. And, and what's in as well, they haven't said this is permanent. They said, we're going to trial it and see how it works. You know? So they're, 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 they're taking quite ambitious and big kind of chunky initiatives. Love that. I don't know if I necessarily admire of this company for everything but Deloitte I thought it was a smart thing they in, they said right public holidays they're always associated with a Christian event actually take your public holiday whenever it suits you which I thought was quite smart oh nice and I've not heard of anyone doing that before 
And then Dell Kate's referenced, I think, saving that 12 million and really embracing flexible working has to be a smart move. I'll tell you what, Judy, on those ones, I'm going to add in, I'm going to put one in the, in the mix, which is impact.com. They are a client of ours. What they've done is make global holiday, because everyone's spread out all over the world. What ends up happening is when US have a bank holiday, the UK is working and fills their inbox and vice versa. So they've made four or five global holidays a year for a whole company, a whole company globally. And I think that is incredible because everybody then switches off. So well done out to wow. them for, for doing yeah, that. Cool. Uh, coming to you, Kate, who are three people in your life who have influenced you? Having worked on the Chanel account, I have to say Gabrielle Chanel, and if you can see my background, there's a slight mm. influence there because she is probably one of the earliest female rule breakers, disruptors. <laughs> I mean, she literally liberated women from corsets and sort of gave them freedom of movement and trousers and made black fashionable and introduced all black dress and made a perfume that was called number five, which, I mean, as you know, they also had flower or floral names. So she really, at the time, was a massive, you know, female revolutionist. And I think she's just, yeah, broke so many rules, which was great. So cool. Whitney Heard, I don't know if it's a name you're familiar with, but she is an American entrepreneur. She's super young um and she started bumble and the reason she's a, oh, an interesting yes. one is because obviously it's that online dating site and we sort of said at the beginning Liberty Hives worked a bit like a dating site in terms of matching you so you know what she did with bumble i think she launched it when she was 25 years old wow she was you know she she did actually she was one of the co-founders of tinder even before she launched this so in her 20s she's a forbes under 30 and you know, she was one of the first self-made billionaires when she took Bumble public, and she was um, 31 at the time. So That's incredible, isn't it? And then I suppose the third one is just family. Like, they continue to inspire me and encourage me, and my husband has his own business, and I suppose years of just watching him do his technology, I was like, right, he continues to inspire me in terms of what I do as well. Thank you, Kate. That's amazing. And last question to you, Laura. What do you say to the haters of remote working <laughs> give it to them shut them down can i say that we don't want to we don't want to even have the conversation with them i mean you know i think i think the haters it's a bit like brexit isn't it and it can get quite emotive uh, yeah are you a remainer are you a lever yeah. but uh <laughs> we, we 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 don't want to talk to the haters bye haters see ya <laughs> yeah, bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> wouldn't want to be perfect thank you so much thank you guys that is all for this episode of off record on point what a fantastic session with so many great takeaways for anyone looking to trial or test out some fun remote or flexible working processes for those of you listening you can continue to explore the topic with our list of resources and find out where to keep up with kate and Laura in the description or on our website, thedigitalvoice.co.uk. And that just leaves me to say a big thank you, Kate. Thank you, Laura from Liberty Hive. You've been amazing. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely to chat with you both. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Off Record, On Point, the digital voice podcast unzipped. I'm Julia Linehan. And I'm Casey Long. Enjoy the conversation, reach out and let us know by rating and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to follow to never miss an episode. You can stay connected with us at thedigitalvoice.co.uk and across all social platforms. Just look out for The Digital Voice.
Join us again next time for another undercover industry deep dive. All off record, all on point. <laughs>